Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft, and we're sitting here trying to figure out podcast time and how uh, how this is all gonna gonna work out for you guys because we're gonna talk about Blumpkin, which is getting released tomorrow, and but that's in podcast time. It's past for you guys, so you should go there now before it, before everybody drinks it all. <laughs> I love I love that beer so much. I can't wait to try it. Um, but we have plenty of other things we're gonna drink first. Um, Eric Bosler, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, if you guys listened to last week's episode, uh, some familiar voices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which actually, not uh, uh, not n- next week. Next week is Oktoberfest Quest, uh, the finals. And then the week after that, I'm headed down to Alexandria to talk to Andy again. He was on last week's show, too. So, yes, that's true. Uh, you'll start to figure out how... Uh, the more you listen to this, you'll you, the more you'll figure out how the scheduling works for the broadcast. <laughs> Uh, wherever I am and the people that I talk to uh, usually get scheduled on the show very quickly thereafter because it's the only way to make things happen. I, I do send lots of emails to people, but uh, usually those are the folks that are just a pain in the butt to try to get on the show. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, con- not, that, not that you're easy to get on the show, but mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it's, it's sometimes there's people that kind of drag their feet about it or oh, we have to talk to our marketing person and we have to plan this out. Oh yeah, we don't have to do that. It's, uh, it's, it's very complicated sometimes. I think um, if we lived closer to each other, I'd be on more. Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, the last time I had you on the show, um, we sat down and we recorded this really great episode here in the tap room, and mm-hmm. then I can't remember what happened to it. Uh, yes, I think that was, was for the Sazerac beer. Yeah, so then I had to call you. And <laughs> what, if I remember Sunday. right, you went to what you recorded on. You bounced to something else, and then you re-raced so you can have the portable recording. Maybe that. And was then it. you thought you bounced it, but you didn't. Yeah. That's what, and then we did a phone like. Yeah, I was quickie. At, I was at my yeah. uh, my in laws' house that Sunday, uh, and I sat down to uh, edit the podcast and get it ready to to go up that for for Monday. And I'm like, oh. Shit, there is no podcast here. <laughs> so, my God, we got to figure this out. Uh, luckily, I had brought a bottle of that Sazerac beer up there right. to drink that day, so I was still able to drink it during the show. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these days. I'm going to figure this whole thing out and figure out how to actually make <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I, I make more mistakes than any person should possibly make after doing this for eight years. Like it's it's absolutely insane. I am. Um, I think maybe um, I need I need like a producer that just follows me around and just hey you forgot to do this hey you did this wrong hey don't do that well you <laughs> know by screwing up is how you learn head. yeah you think so, yeah and I think I've, I've screwed uh, up everything at this do point you but keep making the same mistakes I don't, I don't think so well that means you're learning similar mistakes yeah but yeah. I mean you didn't go to podcast school <laughs> I mean oh, I'm sorry it's podcast college <laughs> <laughs> I bet that is a thing now the University of Podcasting there probably is like some kind of uh, college yep. course now where you can learn how to make a podcast which is or at least so a class. Yeah, at least a class yeah. or something. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank all, you. We're nice already off the rails in full on Cincy yeah. Brewcast style. Um, we should drink a beer first because um, right. From the beer I've, I've been up way too long today. I'm getting over a cold. Uh, like as soon as Big Sis was over, I woke up the next morning and I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting sick. And uh, so the first couple of days of this week, I had this cold, and then now it's just all like my throat. If I start talking too much, uh-huh. I feel like I'm going to lose my voice. So uh-huh. I have to keep hydrated. I got to keep. Uh, well, there you go. Keep the throat, throat we have, moist. We have a big refrigerator. That works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we drinking here? This is uh, this he, is he, he wolf. He wolf. Yeah, it's a collab that uh, Andy and I did from Alexandria. Uh, it's a 
spinoff from a, kind of a play on the Beer Fest movie, uh, if you're familiar, which I'm assuming most yeah. of us are. Uh, the, the she-wolf that they made there, the, the light strawberry beer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what we did in this uh, winter, we did, we did one called She-Wolf, which was a higher gravity. Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say 7 8%. Uh, and then this one in the summer, even though we're a little bit late this year, uh, we did one with, it's about four, eight or so, uh, lower say, alcohol, much more crushable. I'm trying to remember Did I, I think I had, I, I tried the she wolf down at Alexandria. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was on a show or I don't know, but he, brewed, we brewed that one there and then we brewed this one here. And that was, a, that was a big strawberry beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a uh, slappy upside the head, strawberry, um, uh, I want to call it ballsy, but I guess she wolf. You probably shouldn't call it ballsy. Eh. Uh, it was just it was a big, bold, uh, yeah. big beer. Mm-hmm. This is uh, so one of my favorite beers for a long time was uh, um, uh, Madri's. Uh, what was the Soul Drifter. Soul Drifter. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, which which we actually had, we had on one on, of, on my at Mike's house. That was that was probably the first time you were on the show. Was that that episode? No, or was it, was, it, it wasn't the first. But it, well. Don't quote me. I don't think it was the first, but I think it was uh, It was definitely one of the I'm first. I'm fact-checking right now. Because we tried that. We tried Strawberry Pig. <laughs> we did. We, we, I think that and I think Steve, that at the time, was uh, at Cellar Dweller still, was in the house. Was that that episode? I think. And then maybe there was a, there was a guy next to me that, that worked for Rivertown, I think, in sales. Uh, Gamel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's a cool I, guy. I couldn't remember. I feel like that was a different night. That was it very well. That was been. so that night specifically the one where they were on. Um, we uh, oh, you might be right here. Uh, uh, I can't do two things at once. Wow. Um, I didn't know you could look it up that fast. I can't. I, I, was, I was so close and then I lost it. Oh, I would have had to like Strawberry go home bag. and spend two hours. <laughs> uh, I have to find it now. Oh my goodness! Uh, but that so that night that where everybody was on there, um, Soul Drifter. We'll look that one up. Um, we recorded three episodes of the podcast that night. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're right. <laughs> was, I forgot about that. So okay, I forgot all about that. I don't know my, why my search is making this so difficult for me. I need to go to that note. Since it's unavailable, I bet it's because I'm not connected to the internet. Oh yeah, um, it's gonna bother. I have to look it up now. I, I, it's gonna bother <laughs> me if I don't. That's why I was having trouble. It's not because my searching it's, is there. It is. I heard a ding. That's <laughs> that's my front door. <laughs> For real? Yeah, that's the downside of. Uh, can I mute it? Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> um, all right, Soul Drifter. No, it was volume one, episode 10. Okay. It was your first episode on the show. It was? We drank Soul Drifter, Strawberry Pig, uh, Death from Rivertown. Ah, that's right, the um, hot one. Even S'more of What from Quaff Brothers Listerman. And okay. then we had your Rifi, which oh, was that, uh, that super was the, white. The beer I've never been able to make again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you got to love about home brewing. <laughs> <laughs> but where I was going with all of this is that this beer reminds me of what I loved about Soul Drifter. Mm. And I, I'm not going to claim that Soul Drifter has changed throughout the years. I know that people sometimes get offended by that or want to want to fight me on it. Um, it's, it feels like a lot lighter 
of a beer than it used to. It doesn't have that body to it, which mm-hmm. this does. This mm-hmm. still has like this big kind of yep. um, big, almost creamy body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that strawberry comes in. Um, yep. The plan very was fresh. Our plan was to. Between, so we felt like the Soul Drifter was a little bit lacking, maybe, on the strawberry flavor profile. I think it's because they ferment the strawberry out. Uh, and then the Strawberry Pig was quite um, f- forward, if you will. Right. Um, and so we were trying to just do something on our own, maybe a little in between. So we, it, it's a, so the She-Wolf and the He-Wolf, they're the exact same recipe, just scaled uh, for, for gravity. Gotcha. Uh, it's just uh, two-row and wheat. Malt. I was going to say, there's got to be something there to give it that body. Uh, and then there's a good amount of lactose. So we, uh, so yeah, there was, and then strawberry puree, and then we use a little bit of uh, a flavoring at the end to just sort of top it off. It still isn't like a, when you say that it's got lactose and we, I think people might get some kind of image in their head of, mm-hmm. there are a lot of those uh, kind of smoothie beers out there. Mm. This is not that. No, uh, no. It. It leans towards it, but mm-hmm. just enough that uh, I call it uh, aggressive, beer. aggressively subtle. Because the, the <laughs> it, there's no denying that this is strawberry, but, but it's not smack you in the face. And, and that I've, to me, it comes off a little bit of in the way that peaches and cream would come off. It's sure. strawberries and cream, yeah. sort of. Yeah, and this will be good on a on a nitro tap. Yeah, one hundred percent. Really, really yeah. good. Um, aggressively subtle might be the best descriptor for what you guys do here at Darkness that I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah. Aggressively subtle, yeah. subtly aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is, uh, and we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode when we were uh, recording for Big Sis, but we mm-hmm. didn't really get to dive into um, conversations very much. It was more just kind of fun of ha- hanging out with people. But um, darkness is is one of those uh, to me like a throwback tap room, the place where you walk in. It still is tap room first. It is mm-hmm. still uh, a brewery first. Like it's not, uh, and it. I think I probably said the same thing. It almost sounds like that might be offensive when I start to play around with it in my head, but it's not. Mm-mm. Like, you don't walk in here. Um, uh, you guys have food. You have your, yeah. your food, the darkness diner outside. So you've, mm-hmm. you've got that. You have places where people can sit. Hell, you've got booths, like very comfortable, yep. big booths for people to sit down. You can have food and have a drink. Like, it has all of those comfort things. So it's not that. It's something else about it. It's maybe personality, maybe... Mm-hmm. Um, even down to like the, uh, you know, your your tap list is still a chalkboard where you, you know, yep. it's not an untapped menu just slapped on nope. the wall where you couldn't know, keep up loses all of the yeah. <laughs> the personal touch. Like there's lots of little things like that, the artwork on the walls that just make this feel mm-hmm. different than a lot of tap rooms I, do these I days. I think a lot of that, when you think of personality, if you will, I think it's a good description. It, it's And also for here, I've said this before in places, but it sort of has evolved sort of organically here. Uh, for example, I think the first mural was the astronauts that right. Christian Dallas did for us. And that was, I'm not, I don't even remember how we hooked up with him. Like whether it was random or if Ron reached out to him, but he came and did that for us. And then other artists when we, that we'd have up for sale would offer to do something for us. So the doors that have the big moo on there, that was right. a different artist. And then this was a different artist and that was a different artist. Uh, and so through the years, it's just sort of has become painted like our bathrooms are completely done now and different themes from our beers and everything else. Uh, But that's sort of what gives us personality, but we didn't, um, we didn't really try. Well, that was like how, how intentional is like the, 
feeling of this because oh I'm going to uh, use another good phrase for you unintentionally fits. intentional <laughs> but because it definitely <laughs> definitely fits with you guys yeah exactly and from from even from that first time where we sat down at Mike's house sitting in his dining room recording the show mm-hmm. like I got a good sense of who you guys were mm-hmm. and then I look at this tap room now I'm like yep this it makes perfect sense that this is where it's at mm-hmm. but um but I don't you can't you can't guide something like this. It just kind of has to happen. Like there's I think I agree. I, I've seen it. I've been other places and I'm nothing against those tap rooms. I like them. They're some of my more favorite, but you, it feels forced. It feels like a tap room. It feels when they, like when you, it's, it's as though they were doing something, not that they're copying. They, a lot of these places were open before us. We might've copied them some, but they, it's like they're, they had an idea and they just did it all at once. Yeah. There wasn't that time to, have different people doing this and that and just things popping up here and there. Um, you know, for example, the Darth Vader on the wall, like we would have never had that pain in the very beginning. Right. Cause we didn't realize that the May the 5th that we do every year was going to be such a big thing. Right. Uh, and the same thing with man on the move, this and that, and the other. So, uh, so I think that that's part of it. And also starting so broke <laughs> was, I, I really, really do believe that that is so it's important it, for, <laughs> I for, think so for this atmosphere, because we still like the booths you just talked about. We just, we just got those within the last, within the last year. Uh, what we started with was uh, we paid, I think five cents at an auction for two booths from an old Chinese joint. Right. And then we had, this weird little corner booth. I don't remember who gave it to us, but they the gave stools, it to us. The stools are new since you guys opened. Yes, too. we got new stools and booths that all happened um, after COVID. Uh, we, long story short, we went doing one. It just made sense to do everything. Right. Uh, but well, yeah, I think you're. I think you're hitting on something that I don't know that I've really uh, been able to express in that way before. I, I talk a lot about like when breweries open that they have to know who they are mm-hmm. in, in order to to really be a genuine place for people, and uh, that is seemingly harder and harder for places to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I never put the two and two together to really kind of figure that out, but it is because they're just trying to dump all of this into it once at mm-hmm. all at once, mm-hmm. trying to open the space and try to have it perfect for people, which is mm-hmm. great. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, but it makes it really, really hard to, um, to, to, to nail it, I guess, as mm-hmm. far as the personality goes. That, well, it's like talking about your target market, right? If you talk about it, like, in general, in school, which especially, and I'd say in the more recent growth of breweries in the city, probably across the country, has right. been more financially based, possibly. Not to say that we're all in it to lose money, but once things got popular, you see it around right. finance, people, that investors basically say, I want to start a brewery. So, um, so you have, they have an idea, they put it all together, but again, it's like, it's that, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this, you know, the, like everybody, it seems like I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to be too PC and not like step on any toes and say oh, no. something wrong. I mean, I mean, you problem. don't have to name names. I'm not. I just don't want to be offensive and say something the wrong way. But ultimately, when we started this, our target market, I feel like we knew what one I live in the city and I've worked in the same city for quite a while. So we know the neighborhood. I've been in the bar business most of my entire life. So for me, that atmosphere thing was almost second nature, <clears throat> well, I mean, where if you came from P&G, let's say, and then you're just opening a brewery, right. not that you're not going to be probably 10 times the businessmen that Ron and I are, but you, may don't ha- you maybe don't have that connection to the people as much because you're just not from that industry. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. It depends what the goal is and what, mm-hmm. what you're trying to do out of this whole thing. I mean, Exactly. 
there's a lot of those people that uh, that may exist, we'll say, in another city, not mm-hmm. not here in Cincinnati. You walk into a tap room and it has no soul, and mm-hmm. the people came from some big corporation, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we just we had, and we took our retirement package early, we want to start a brewery, it's a dream yeah. of ours. And, uh, and then you walk in, and it's like, okay, you, you started a brewery, mm-hmm. beer's fine, everything's fine, mm-hmm. it's comfortable, there's there's food, there's there's this, there's that, hell, there's, you know, uh, all kinds of great stuff that is, makes it a really fun place to hang out, but... Mm-hmm just doesn't doesn't have that soul it doesn't mean anything to me and yep. they would say well that's you know that's that's kind of the point mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want yeah. this personality to alienate anybody we want it to be comfortable for everybody yeah. we want everybody to uh, walk in and, and you know be a, a, a fridays or an applebee's and um that makes for in some people's minds a very successful business yeah but then there's this other side, the side that I kind of mm-hmm. identify with and I feel so strongly about that it's like, okay, yes, if, uh, uh, you know, if, if you guys had from, from the get-go had uh, some real swanky tap room and, um, and went with the, uh, the Applebee's kind of thing, you'd probably have more people standing in your tap room drinking your beer. I don't know if we would. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but... Sorry, would, I, I don't really know, actually. It's an interesting thought. Would it still be what I consider a success for you guys? That would be that would depend on how you define the success. Obviously, obviously, yeah. I don't I don't pay your bills. I don't uh, I don't sit there and plan your retirement with you, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how you measure that success. Mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't want that versus this personally. Yeah. Ron and I jokingly say it. I've said it over and over again that our idea of success is I mean, like in our five year plan was to still be open selling beer. <laughs> Nailed it. We did it. <laughs> You know, successful. I mean, it was also, I want to move into all stainless, but we did all that stuff real early because right. we grew quickly, like most of these places, like we should have. Uh, and being just tap room, uh, we're still we're still doing all the good business, quote unquote, stuff, numbers right. moving in the right direction. Uh, but our goal is not to take over the world. Our goal right. is to not be in Kroger. We, we almost, I'm not saying that never, never, right? Never say never, but we're okay with never being in Kroger. We don't want to. Because it, again, back to their point on identity, we're a tap room. Like my my plan, and Ron was on board with all this as well. But I can speak for myself. Like yeah. my plan's always been, like you have to come here to get the beer. Uh, and we do a bit of distribution, cool. a tiny I'm, bit. I'm glad but, that you do a tiny bit. I'm yeah. glad that every once in a while I can be shopping yeah. at Jungle Gyms and grab a bottle of Mind Sacrifice. I'm like, oh, I get this little, like, I can't get down there, especially mm-hmm. small kids. Oh, Life yeah. is complicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get out as much as I want to, mm-hmm. especially get out to cross the river. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's... It, it, I'm happy that I can get a little taste of it every once in a while. But, like, I but I, but I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I kind of like that I can't sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's part well, of what then, makes it special. And we like making, I mean, I just, I don't know, it's not quite ADD, but like, we just like making all kinds of stuff all the time, changing and rotating. I mean, at least in the bar business, that's sort of, that's the still, I'm assuming still the case with draft is a rotation nation. There's not really brand loyalty, so right. to speak, uh, which is okay. It's what I like as a consumer. And yeah. when I was running a bar, I liked that could always buy new stuff and well, there's, there's so still, we just do it ourselves <laughs> there's still new stuff on tap mm-hmm. you guys still uh play around with with humor and your beer names the way that uh, <laughs> that, that other people maybe kind of shy away from now and uh, no, we oh, have it has no, to be marketable it has we to have be no sense to be of humor yeah <laughs> if you think it's a joke it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> and i like i those are the things that that i walk in here and i'm like oh Yes, I like I remember. I yeah. remember what this was like, and uh, mm-hmm. that's becoming 
so rare now. Not, not that other people aren't doing it well. There are, mm-hmm. there are a handful of tap rooms around town that are just oozing with yep. soul that I, well, and if I we tend were, to like more. If we were more traditional business-forward brewery owners, um, we would be at a point where we would be expanding. We'd be in another location possibly where we might have a canning line or larger fermentation and trying to get out into the market and grow that business that right. way, which is the way you're quote-unquote supposed to in this business. Right. But uh, being that it's just Ron and I, no investors, no loans, none of that, we have always looked at it as we can pay our bills personally and all the employees are paid and everybody's happy. And that's really the goal. I it mean, also like if if something did pop up where you guys got the opportunity to open a second tap room like that, those are the times where I get terrified for a brewery like mm-hmm. this. Uh, not that I wouldn't think you, it was a smart move for you guys. If, if we were happens, to, if, if I'll say more, if we've talked about it, it's not anything we're actively looking right, at right. at all. But if we were to find a good, lo- a good second location, uh, we would look into, we've talked about it and I think we'd probably move into it, but it's a tap room, right? Not as a production facility. Right. Like there's obviously things can change, right. but, um, but that would be more of the goal is like, cause I mean, the way that we look at it is we could, the way we, to make more money, we need to sell more beer right? and we could distribute it. But at our scale, we're, <coughs> it's a gate. This is all economy of scale in this game. Right. We're tiny. So for us to distribute beer at the price point that we're selling it at, it's just, it, it's almost not worth it sometimes as far as a true expansion goes at right. this scale. So, but uh, I'm, I'm on the other side of mm-hmm. like that, going back to that personality thing though. Mm opening a second space even if it's a tap room oh it wouldn't like it would be it would be the same but wait it would be different but it's that's hard to do mm-hmm. like it's, it's hard enough to do it with with your original spot and mm-hmm. uh you know whether you you lucked into it or just happened into how perfect this place has become for you guys mm-hmm. that's hard to do again well that's why i and say it was easy, unintentionally intentional it's yeah. easy to overthink it in that next spot and be like okay we have to uh, people yeah. like this about us and we have to do this mm-hmm. we have to you know the people People like this little aspect of our tap rooms. We have to do that again. And it's like, well, yeah. I think no, that, people liked it because it yeah. happened. I think know? that the way that we're even approaching a second location is is exactly, it's, it's, it's exactly guys, how, not, not. well, it's exactly how we just talked about all the way that the personality in here became. It's, we're not looking for it. Right. It's like, if it falls into our lap and we say, wow, that's a really good idea. That's something to look at, right? So from that standpoint, being more organically evolving, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But it's with a second tap room too. Like it almost people now have some kind of expectation mm-hmm. from well, and like what, what we, you, we would what you currently and we, are, and we wouldn't open a second tap room and BFE. Right. You know, we would. It would be a. It would be location, 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 right. so to speak. And to that point, there there would with that you do end up. Actually, now that you say it, it, make, it makes sense that you end up becoming a little more sterile. Right. Uh, because now it is it is more about business, not about this is our this is our character. This is us here. Something else would be just sort of an extension of. Right. So no, that's see, a good point. I never on, really thought about that much. Uh, on more of the success story side, like when mm-hmm. uh, Paradise opened up their second tap room out in Williamsburg, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very different than their original tap room. Oh, it's got to be. They didn't take any of that. Uh, uh, 
you guys bear with me as I'm saying this, but they didn't take any of that personality that the tap room had into the new space. Mm. They really did start from scratch with this tap room and it's very kind of beachy and like it's, it's, it's mm. very different than that original one. Okay. Yet it, it's perfect. It um, makes perfect sense. And I know that it'll keep growing and evolving as, as you know, yeah. it does. And yeah. uh, that, but that's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I could name, I could name several places that yep. didn't do it that way. Yeah. Like it's like, man, you just, you yeah copy paste and that doesn't it doesn't always work yeah but were they copying from a sterile environment not always okay not always okay. sometimes sometimes the complete opposite they're copying from mm-hmm. a place that developed over years and years and years and years and they open somewhere and new they and they open somewhere new yeah. and they're like okay yeah here we go mm-hmm. I mean, we'll throw Rivertown into that mm-hmm. when Rivertown opened up in Monroe that's, well, that's they, a good example you know, there have been years in you know Lockland yeah. developing what that place was mm-hmm. uh, and then they tried to replicate that in Monroe and it's like, ooh, oh, this is, it's like somebody. Well, I didn't know they even tried to do that. <laughs> sort of. Okay. I mean, some of the, you know, the, you know, the pallet wood on the wall and stuff like that. Oh, it's, oh, you know, oh I just, see what you mean. Okay. It, it, it just didn't have that soul that, that Lachlan did. Yep, because you didn't have the industrial park. Right. Like, you know, some of that's just, you know, getting to the place sometimes. Sure. The outside, the way it looks, you're like, been to plenty of places where you look at the outside and you go, oh, crap and then you walk in you're like wow this place is cool right you know it's like in a strip mall a, a next to of, a kroger yeah, or something a lot of places yeah. like that i went to a place in charleston like that it was in this giant strip mall with a kroger and all this other nonsense and i'm like oh great well we get some food at least it was our favorite brewery in charleston mm-hmm. yeah because once you got in it was like the outside was left right yeah. it's uh it's funny how some of those places some of those places develop into that. Some of those places don't. Some of those places kind of figure it out. Some of the places mm-hmm. that it takes them 10 years to figure it out, but they do. Yeah, yeah. And they just become better and better over time. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that this place gets better and better over time. So cool. Um, however that happens, congrats and thank you. Well, thank you. you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for giving us this here in Cincinnati. <clears throat> um, man, we went down a rabbit hole. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Blumpkin a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, no, we should wait and talk about Blumpkin while we're drinking Blumpkin. Okay. But, um, are we ready to drink another beer? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to drink another beer. All right. I'll jump up and grab it. Oh, this, yeah. This is uh, this is happy. Yeah. It's our, uh, we call it the Pale Stallion. Uh, so through the, the Brewers Guild this year, or every year we do it typically, uh, a Kentucky Proud uh, beer where we will use some kind of a Kentucky, Kentucky Proud ingredient. Uh, so this year... Uh, what, what we what did? Is, what is Kentucky yeah. Proud? Sorry, we'll talk about um, the idea of this thing. We'll talk about it again. I'm sure. I know there's something Andy, in Ohio but, like that, um, like made here. I think is what they say a lot yeah. in Ohio. Yeah, but it's um, not. It's not emphasized the same way it here is here in Kentucky. Like it, it's a thing here. Yeah, it's uh, so that's a like we we. I mean, all the breweries in the guild. At least we had the op- we signed up. So like, if we wanted to, we could put the Kentucky Proud logo on all of our stuff. Right. Uh, it doesn't cost us anything. We just have to be part of the program. But there's also um, uh, a- a- everything that's produced in the state. So typically. At least historically, mostly it's agriculturally based. So, right. but like everything from cattle to pork to grain to blueberries, blackberries, whatever. Right. Excuse me. Um, and then, uh, so what we chose, and so uh, you might buy, let's say, a bag of pretzels somewhere. I know the Zells that are made over in Covington. Uh, they've had Kentucky Proud on them for a while. Gotcha. So that's like a product that's made here in Kentucky that you put that on there, and it's. Um, I guess it's a. Uh, 
it's it's a it's an advertising thing, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. So it's sort does, of does the majority of the ingredients that are put into it have to come from Kentucky, or how does that work? No, so the way it we just do, has to be made in Kentucky. So the way that we do the oh, you mean like to be considered Kentucky yeah, yeah. proud? Um, so. Like, so for us, because we make it in Kentucky, that's what makes, because right. typically most of our ingredients don't come from the state besides the water. I was, gonna, I, was, um, I was thinking about pretzels in my head. I'm like, all right, so. That was manufactured. Salt. Yeah, salt flour, exactly. <laughs> Where does no, the salt because come they from? were manufactured here in Kentucky. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. I, 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 yeah. But when you just take the step backwards, you know, the, the, the pigs were raised in Kentucky right. and sold here. Right. That's sort of where that would be a Kentucky proud thing. Well, yeah, individual, like, uh, like a, an ingredient yeah. is really easy to wrap my head around, mm-hmm. but then we start talking about the products and how that kind of factors into it is yeah. a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is your beer for kind of yep. the so, celebration. So I guess? what we use, so like once a year, the guild just basically it's, it's a, I guess you'd call it a collaboration between the KGB, which is the Kentucky Guild of Brewers, right? Not the KGB guys. That's yeah, a different D- KGB. different KGB, the more uh, friendly one. Yeah, much more friendly. We kill you with beer, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyways, we took. Um, uh, it's sort of a collab between them and then the Kentucky Proud, which is essentially an organization, like, like, if you will. A trade group kind of thing. There's a couple of people in charge of paperwork and stuff with them. Um, but uh, so we, years past, they did sort of what we did for Beer Fest or Beer Week a million years ago where uh, right. they all gave us ingredients to play with. We weren't, we weren't around then, but... Um, uh, but so a few years ago with Kentucky Proud, they were doing that, where it was like, well, we have blueberries from this farm, we have this from that farm, and they give it first seven people to sign up get to make it. Uh, and they've tried iterations every year. They try finding ways to, whether you do a festival or individual releases, how do you do it? Because they're trying to promote it, right? Right. So it's not just across the whole state, but we have a very weird-shaped state. Um, it can be, you know, driving from here to Paducah as well, like six hours. <laughs> right. Not going to go pick up a beer. Um, so, but this year... Um, they they releasing them like so basically Monday through Thursday the whole month of October every day a different tap room oh, that's cool. releases a new one so we did ours Monday Alexandria was Tuesday and then we let we were the only two in Northern Kentucky that participated this year uh, but we anyways you would you we get to choose we just use at least one ingredient in your beer that's a Kentucky proud product gotcha not not us making the beer being gotcha proud. gotcha gotcha so this one. Our Kentucky Proud is just all, we use the, there's a malt house in uh, Cynthiana, just south of here. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it's maybe not quite halfway to Lexington. Uh, so uh, we used all his pale malt, which was, it is grown in Kentucky and then malted here. Uh, but then for this one, I figured we could keep it, being in Northern Kentucky, I was looking for Ohio too, but I had trouble finding some stuff last minute. Uh, but we used hops from Crazy Horse Hops just outside of Indy. Okay. And then uh, uh, the yeast came from, it's Wild Pitch Yeast. Uh, they're out of Bloomington, but this yeast particular yeast strain came out of uh, Indianapolis. And it's, a, it's like a neutral American it's ale strain. It's clean yeast. Oh, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to kind of, as a, as a drinker, like you, for so long you're taught that like, you know, uh, you know wild yeast or yeast that has been propagated mm-hmm. from places around us. Mm-hmm. It's all wild yeast it's all sour or funky or you know like it's, yeah, it's no, not true anymore uh, people the have been that, able to one of the owners of the company some. is uh is uh, dr Bach, matt, matt bachman uh he's a professor at iu but uh a yeast a yeast nerd but uh he was saying uh, i met him through the mbaa meetings uh but he um uh, was just saying that his his theory is that almost all of our beers are infected 
with wild yeast <laughs> because in their, in their experience, like, I, I mean, don't quote me on this, but like 80, 90% of all the wild yeast they discover are neutral in flavor. Right. So we, we don't, we but, can't perceive if there's an issue with that or not. It, it, but yes, when you think wild yeast, the first thing that comes to mind is Britannomyces, right. which is, you know, horse blanket, sheep shit, all that good stuff. Uh, but there's tons and tons of others. There's sack species. They're, they're not a different genus of, right. or even species necessarily of yeast. They're just stuff that we typically try to avoid letting there's, go into the beer. Well, there's also yeah. different, different yeasts that I guess have different, uh, uh, strength for lack of better words that, mm-hmm. uh, as things start fermenting, they can't compete with the other stuff that's mm-hmm. happening and just either get, uh, overwhelmed or even, I guess, probably consumed in some cases of most you know, of the time. Brett. Like, that's what I think that's probably why bread is so, so, so dominant because it just eats everything. So, <laughs> well, that the biggest thing with bread is uh, it's not necessarily competition. Um, especially if you're using a, a an actual cultured strain, you'll outcompete the bread, but, the bread really? doesn't, but the bread doesn't go away, and the bread. Okay. So what the what the so, standard but, yeast will eat, it'll stop eating at a certain thing. That bread can just continue consuming over time, and really cause some issues with that. I mean, again, if you if you co pitched bread and American ale yeast at the same time, right. my thought is that the American ale yeast will win. Doesn't mean That's I'm right. Don't please don't quote me on this. I'm not a you should, yeast scientist. You should, you should but, make a beer and try it out. <laughs> um, that's the one thing here. We're a little little worried about bread. Uh, it can be hard to kill off. Um, Do it in your other tap room. The, yeah, well, there we go. There we go. We'll open a sour tap room. Uh, but anyways, like the, the that's the big issue with bread. Is like if you st- say you stop at a gravity of like 10, 15. Right. Well, the bread will take it down to zero. Right. Um, if you, especially if you don't keep it cold and this and that and the other. It just, uh, I believe it was someone was telling me years and years ago. One of the breweries had an issue with the Brett infection, one of the bigger ones here. Uh, they fixed it, but it was, it took them three or four months to find out what the problem was. Because, it, you know, it went into the cans, it went on down the line, and it took that time. But right. then you crack the beer later and you're like, whoa, that's like, actually the guy who was telling me the story said it was actually quite delicious. Right. It just wasn't supposed to taste like that. Uh, so they had to go back through and I'm assuming like remove all the rubber and replace everything, scrub everything, steam it, this, that, the other. Uh, so that was like, that was something where just a tiniest little bit just down the line. Uh, and it's, it can be hard to kill like some, from what they say, you know, right. Doesn't that mean it wins in the end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I had an expert explain this to us once at a meeting that Brett actually has the ability to take wood and shear off the ends and turn that into alcohol. That's a, Cause the cellulose is crazy, just a bunch of glucose stuff. molecules, right? They can just break off those ends into sh- simple sugars at that point and then consume it. So after the so, world ends, the only thing that will be left is cockroaches and bread. And bread. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the bread will ferment the cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. The cockroaches get drunk. <laughs> Oh, how did we get there? Uh, uh, we were talking about wild yeast. Yes. And how, uh, so they, this is actually somebody that really does know what they're doing. So this is technically a wild yeast, just a very mm-hmm. different type of wild yeast. I, I, from the way I would understand, that's how I would classify it. it, it, it it's, means- I think we wrote collected or harvested in the indie area when we described it on the sheet. Uh, just as an effort to not like try to confess personally, if I heard wild yeast in my head, I'd, I'd think yeah. exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. So, well, and I yeah. guess, you know, every yeast at one point was wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've just been, you know, mm-hmm. reined in and cultivated yep. and uh, yep. uh, thrown in a lab somewhere. They've just been selected and just, they've just been just like we do with vegetables and stuff. We just right. make it, you know, we wanted big orange carrots, so we worked on it. You yeah. Know? Do you, yeah. Carrots weren't 
orange nope. from the beginning. Nope. Uh, I saw something Ball else. Carrots that, still aren't. Uh, yeah. Citrus. Citrus is the other one. There was like only one. I don't remember which one mm-hmm. it was. Uh, um, everything else came from that. I want to say like limes, maybe. Yeah, I'm not actually. I can't. I'm not going to speak on that. Something I should, like that. But then they all came know. from that one. Because if I went to school in Florida, everything. I would know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't study much citrus at uh, Cincinnati <laughs> State. <laughs> But I do know that there was one, and it's something that I know. I remember it was something I don't like, so it's probably grapefruit or something. Yeah, that, I don't like grapefruit, you know. but yeah. uh, but it is it is fascinating what we do as people to the, mm-hmm. the things we consume. But I think there is definitely a misconception about yeast with beer drinkers and mm-hmm. understanding that it's it's very obviously a very important part of our beer, but mm-hmm. we just kind of ignore it all the time. It's not as yeah, and I think not as can... sexy as hops, and not as. Yep obvious as 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 malt and 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 even water sometimes but Mm -hmm. um it is uh it is a really really fascinating part of the beer and uh if anybody ever if you're ever down in Asheville, uh, i guess probably san diego too but Asheville, um uh, white labs has a tap room down there that is absolutely fascinating if you want to get a little bit geeky about yeast and about beer they'll they'll take one beer and they'll brew the same beer and then ferment it with, you know, five or six different types of yeast. Mm-hmm. So you get to really try those differences of what the yeast yep. does to the beer. And it's McKellar it's really, did really that crazy. years ago. If you remember McKellar, I don't know if they're still around or not. I think they're still around. They did the, the single hop beers. Uh, I think they did like 20-something of them. Same concept. But then they also did five or six yeast ones where they used different yeast strains. Right. And um, But now that's – I didn't know that White Labs had opened – I didn't know that it was open to the public. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like a restaurant, too. So you really? go in and they have all this fermented food and stuff. Like, it's a really, really cool place. Huh. Geeky, was, but it's, it is cool. I was just in Asheville for a day the other, not too long ago. Yeah, you can get like a – get a flight of all the same beer with just different yeast. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> – it's it's that interesting sounds... too, like even like uh, color sometimes, mm-hmm. like just because of how much yeast is still in suspension in the beer, mm-hmm. like it can affect the color of the beer, yep. and it can man, it's 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 crazy yeah, how yeah. much it, it affects it. But uh, going back to that 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 concept of wild yeast or uh, spontaneously fermented beers or uh, sour versus funky, versus, like there's just so many things that I think people don't really understand what what, what mm-hmm. it all means still. Which well, is crazy. There's a lot of, I mean, even in the brewing community, uh, I, I'm sure, well, there's probably not, but I, would, I don't think any of us know everything. I think that would be kind of arrogant to think. Right. You know, like we don't, we're, we're working on trying to get into doing a few more lagers, for example. We don't do a lot of lagers here. So I know, I know that, you know, I know lager yeast, but compared to somebody that does lagers their whole life, you right. know, I don't, I ask those people questions all the time uh, because it's just not my wheelhouse. But, you want to talk about making a golden imperial stout? Okay, let's talk. Right. I, have, I have experience with that, <laughs> you know. Right. So, um, and then as far as in the yeast is something that it's hard to find detailed information sometimes. Right. Um, if you start, it's one. It's one of those types of of products that when you go down the rabbit hole, like on the internet, you know, you end up with a lot of different answers. And sometimes they conflict even. Right. So. Um, it's it, what my my personal is just picking brains of people as I meet them, and of course, you know, as soon as they walk away, you're like, oh, I meant to ask him this. Oh, I meant to ask him that. <laughs> so, uh, and that's been helpful. I mean, I've I've learned a lot that way. Also, uh, webinars and just trying uh, and doing is really yeah. a lot of it for us. Well, that's um, a big part of of what makes craft beer craft beer is that that idea of like. Uh, sharing knowledge like that, trying new things, mm-hmm. collaborating on stuff. Like, hey man, how'd you how'd you guys make that? And then like, okay, mm-hmm. let, 
see how I can incorporate that into what I do. And then like just this, this never ending kind of, uh, process of exploration and like mm-hmm. you know, on both sides of the bar, the people that are making the beer and the people that are drinking the beer. Mm-hmm. There's just this constant uh, learning about things is, is uh, to me a big part of it. Yeah, At least it should be. I guess sometimes we lose sight of that. But well, that's part of. I mean, I think that's the difference between. Um, it's if you look at it across it like the community, right? Like, there's gonna be people that aren't. I don't know. I don't want to say they're not nice, but like not nice. They don't play. There's, there's some not nice. People. Um, but I would argue that 90 plus percent of us, at least in the Cincinnati area, and my experience with uh, most all the breweries I've talked with in Kentucky, um, even if we're not really friends or know each other really well, you know, sit down, still a, a handshake, a and all of a sudden the questions and the answers start flowing. Very, very rarely have I ever run across a, a I don't, you know, no comment kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's it, something to that, you know. Yeah. It, it, I, and the people yeah. that don't play nice, you know, it's not, it's not that we're like, well, you're on a list now, but like, you know, you just don't, you don't Does, ask them questions again, you know, and just move is on. That, is it getting better in that regard or is it getting worse in that regard though? Cause that's my fear. I am not a good judge right now because I have, uh, like COVID did for everything. It's, I, I it's changed my patterns. Like I don't go out as much. Right. I don't talk to as many people. Uh, some of that is also busier here. Uh, but, uh, so I'm maybe not the best judge on that just right. to, to chime in. I, my experience is things are just as good as they've always been yeah, in, my, in it, that regard. It feels, it feels better to me post COVID. Um, but it like right before COVID, it started to feel like things were going the wrong way. Like, like clicky? As as, yeah. Like things where people were starting to not, not talk to each other or have beef with them, you know, the community or stuff. Like, I don't like these people for whatever reason. Well, as soon as we start trading employees, well, I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have, I mean, that's, not that's as an owner, but the, you know, well, I left here because, you know, well, they, you know, maybe this particular place treated one person bad, but they treat right. everybody else great, right? Well, that one person then, then goes on and tells everything. Build a culture and, within your new spot of, well, these, and then, these places. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, I think it's human nature. I don't think there's anything really necessarily quote unquote wrong with it. It's just, right. it's natural, but, uh, that could explain if you were seeing some of that. You're way more in touch with yeah. it than I am. That and could explain it. That's, that's and then, th- of course, with COVID, what happened? We all just <laughs> like everybody just went away, and right. a lot of jobs went away, and uh, people restructured, and um, I don't know, things were just different. Yeah, I, that, that's my my biggest fear right now is that things are going to stop being as as fun or as collaborative or as friendly or mm-hmm. you know whatever else you want to use to describe it that's that's yeah. my fear i don't know that we're, we're, we're there but uh well you know, i mean I just, maybe you know that's um I, I don't know we'll see i think across the country it's 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 a mixed bag as well between big and small you know there's plenty of small brewery owners that aren't nice and plenty of big brewery owners that are the nicest people in the world sure you know like or and vice versa so We'll see. I think as we get bigger and bigger in Cincinnati and become more and more of that beer town, if you will, um, that things are going to happen. But I still, I still think there's way high majority of let's, everybody still being friends. Let's. I mean, on, kind of talking about as Cincinnati becomes more and more of a beer town, we're already seeing well, like this. Probably already there. <laughs> but, I, but like we're yeah, I mean, we're seeing uh, you guys here in mm-hmm. Northern Kentucky. You've got just you can walk down the street and there's a West Sixth. Uh, container <laughs> oh yeah yeah the at the levy. yeah yeah you yeah, know like yeah. so is that i mean so they i guess kind of have a local tap room yeah go across the river we've got north high that's you know popping up all these little tap rooms oh, there's okay there's platform with uh, i don't know if that's back open or if it's ever going to open that was back the one up. on otr right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you have all of these things happening. Uh, high wire coming into Norwood. Um, really? Yeah. They did, I know they just went to Louisville. I didn't realize they were going to come up here. You're just completely out of the loop. <laughs> you know what? There's a there's blisses and bliss and ignorance or the other it's, way around. But when you when you see stuff like that, so out of out of the local area, these these non local mm-hmm. breweries coming in and throwing in a tap room. Even one that's as simple as a container sitting mm-hmm. in the middle of a yeah. of what was a parking lot or something. Uh, it was just the, it was like the mezzanine or <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not a tap room by any yeah. stretch, but it is. Um, how does that change what Cincinnati beer looks like, or does it? Hmm. Does it water down um, this idea of? What? Well, let's look at it this way because I don't, I don't really have a great answer, but I can use a comparison because let's use Asheville as an comparison. Right. Asheville had tons of fantastic, some of the best breweries in the world, in my opinion, and then you know Sierra Nevada moved in. But that's not an accurate no. comparison. Is it not? No, no. I mean, Sierra, there's, Sierra there's, Nevada there's, opened up like the best brewery in the world, but they versus a container but and a mezzanine. Uh, well, but okay. So the the container. Let's <laughs> let's speak with like High Wire. Speaking of Asheville, coming in or like an opening in a proper tap room. Uh, I I don't know if it's watering down the Cincinnati beer thing only because I think most people know it's not. It's Asheville Brewery making selling beer in Cincinnati. I, do, I don't know. Do maybe they? do do a what? Do they know that? Oh, the people. Oh, well, I'm being. I know I'm being overly optimistic <laughs> about all that, but uh, it doesn't. I mean, I personally, it's hard to say because you look at it. I mean, from the from the darkness perspective, from obviously our perspective, we're like, well, out of your bubble. <laughs> well, it actually it is a bit out of our bubble, but I mean, you know, things in OTR are sort of competition. Let me uh, uh, hypothetically, yeah. if across the street, mm-hmm. if Highwire opened up a three story tap room with all kinds of fun, you know, pinball machines and games and all kinds of mm-hmm. things, would that change your opinion at all? I would be. I think. I mean. I think I would be really worried. Or would you? Would you I, just have lots of beers named funny things that are like high wire puns? <laughs> well, no. I, no. I think what we would do. I mean, just first, I'd be really worried. I'd have trouble sleeping for a while um, until the proof was. In, right. my, my thought would be that all they would do is bring more people to us. So um, I, I don't think it would be a big problem. I'd be worried about it until I could prove it. So do you think yeah. do you think that with, we can't compete with them? With Cincinnati, yeah. with when a place like Highwire comes in or West Sixth is down the street mm-hmm. or a couple uh, North High d- does that bring more people to Cincinnati? Uh no, uh no, I don't believe it brings more people. I don't think people would be coming to Cincinnati to go to the high wire tap room. No. Uh you know you see where well, I'm coming from, well, but like well, while, they're, while they're here though, if they're staying in that area. I mean, like when we went to Michigan and we were in Grand Rapids and we went to the Jolly Pumpkin Tap Room. Right. Well, that's not where it's made, but we didn't go to Grand Rapids for Jolly Pumpkin, though. We right. were there for other things and we happened to go. Uh, and it gave me the experience that, oh, I got to also check this out. Right. And, uh, and, you know, versus, I don't really, I almost want to say maybe it's a wash in a way. Yeah. As long as, there's, as long as they're not coming in and doing the whole, you know, I'm always reminded of South Park, but uh, Harbuck's come in and taken away Tweak's uh, coffee shop. Right. You know, like intentionally trying to open up next to someone to shut them down and take their business. Short of that mentality, I, I still would stick with, within reason, the more the merrier. Right. Um, it, it's more of like for us locally across the street, uh, I do believe it would bring more people to Bellevue. 
Now, would it bring more people to Cincinnati from outside in the country? I, I doubt it. Um, mean, it, because they'd be more likely to come for a Cincinnati name. Yeah, but, but if you're yeah. if you're in like Columbus and you're like, oh man, Cincinnati got a high wire tap room, like you okay. you might venture Maybe. down for that. Like you're it right. might bring some people. I guess that's a good point. I was thinking, you know, outside the state. I was thinking, you know, right. oh, I live in Denver. Let's go to let's go to Cincinnati for beer. Oh, well, they if, have this high wire thing. If you yeah. uh, if you live in Ohio and you want to get some mm-hmm. Wessex beer. Uh, maybe you come down to the container. <laughs> well, and, and from what I saw, I mean, you could also just go to the liquor store and get the same stuff. Probably, but uh, you won't get to drink out of the container. True, true that. <laughs> you won't get to sit there at the levee and see that beautiful view. Uh, they have a fun little tiki bar there, too. Uh-huh. It's a neat concept there. If uh, the weather, like this kind of weather we've had, that place would be awesome to hang out at because it's outside and it's sort of enclosed but not really yeah, you can walk around with a beer there which uh, mm-hmm. I know you guys have the Dora you guys call it a Dora yeah, it's called an entertainment district okay. so yeah. you have you have the entertainment district here in, in Bellevue too but it's similar um, a little more relaxed in the Dora because uh, you can go in and out of businesses with right. the cup but uh, the same idea there's there's not a lot of spaces like that in northern Kentucky now Fort Thomas just did one uh, it's a very small chunk I mean there's no breweries up there but right. uh, they do have one uh, Louisville's got, I think when we got ours in Bellevue, there was like 30 through the state, right. which surprised me. But um, obviously, it's a relatively big state. So yeah, I'll be curious to see. But up where here, they are. I don't think, I don't think, I know like Louisville had a couple. I think there was, there was some in some cities, though, you're like, where? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> yeah. <that city? laughs> yeah. But uh, if, you probably, if you go there, it probably makes perfect sense. Like, yep. oh, look at this. Like, yeah. this is cool. Yeah. Or, you know, like Ohio, it seems like everybody's getting a door or has a door at this at point. Least in Cincinnati, yeah. all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's being able to hang out outside and drink is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it just feels the way, like the well, way you're for, supposed to be drinking. For me, it's always just been a, for so long we weren't allowed to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's Again, part I'm of it. 44 and I've been in his business since right. I was 20. So, right. uh, it's been, you can't leave with that. You can't leave with that. You right. can't leave with that. Now it's like, would you like to buy a cup to leave with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We encourage you to walk around yeah. with your beer. Exactly. Um, speaking of beer, I'm, I'm ready for another one. Ooh. Apparently I've been talking too much. Um, that's the problem with my, uh, my weekly live show on Mondays, which if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's called the weekly pint. It's not really a show. We, we say it's not a show um, just to take off the pressure of uh, if I, go too long or go too short or have to bump it a day or something. Um, it's Monday nights around nine, nine ish. Mm-hmm. And we just sit there and drink together. Uh, but it's, uh, via live streaming. So I'm by myself in my basement mm-hmm. drinking and I say drinking lightly because it is hard to keep talking and to keep, uh, yeah. uh, keep something make, going make a like show that. Yeah. happen and still yep. drink your beer. Yep. <laughs> so usually I get like four sips in before between the, the sipping show. and the burping. It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, let's grab another beer. Ready? All right. And just like magic, we have a beer. All right. (laughs) I I have to remember to go in when I edit and make sure that these pauses are not going to sound stupid. Mm. Um, Note to self, if you're listening to this, do that. (laughs) I won't won't hear that. I won't won't do it. That's going to end up in the podcast. there uh, There was one episode down at Alexandria. Like, they were still under construction, and we sat at the, like... The bar was like 
couple pieces of ply. It might not even been a full sheet of plywood. It might have been like two by fours okay. with our beers on them drinking. And we took a break halfway through the show to go uh, pee and a refill and everything. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just take it out later. I think it's still in there. <laughs> There's like this 15 minute like silence. You can hear us in the oh, background, oh, oh. like hanging out, and then we come back. And I thought you meant you <laughs> left your beer glass in the bar. No, 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 no. And it's no. still underneath the bar. Oh no, right that would now. be cool. Yeah, I should start doing that when I get somewhere. Like uh-huh. while they're still uh, under stuff. construction, like just yeah. put a little gnome inside the bar. I would either uh, might curse the location though. Um, uh, speaking of. I don't know how my brain went to this, but um, this today, when you're listening to this, if you're getting it when it's dropping, I think that's what we call them drops. They're sure. dropping. Why not? Um, is Monday. Uh, if you're listening to this after Monday, sorry you missed it. We are live tonight at Fretboard for the Oktoberfest Quest finals. So all Oktoberfest season long, I drink every packaged Oktoberfest, and they compete in a big bracket. And we're doing the finals live on stage tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday. Um, and the, there's a trophy this year. Ooh. And it's called the Golden Gnome. And it is a Golden Gnome oh, yeah. trophy. It's pretty made it, amazing. Made of gold? Real gold? Um, yes, solid gold. Yeah? Wow. Yeah, solid gold to, uh, plastic? <laughs> solid gold. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's even plastic. Is it's it anything kind like of, the uh, solid gold dancers? <laughs> nothing. Nothing <laughs> like them at all. <laughs> But if if you're listening to this real time, I guess on Monday when it when it, uh, it posts, uh, make sure you come tonight because we're gonna have have a blast drinking some Oktoberfest beers. I might even break out the uh, the beer poker. Oh, have you, ever, have you ever done that? Yeah, we did that in so Alexandria good. last year. It is year. so good. I, I would disagree with you, but we're it. allowed to disagree. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's good when it's good, and it's not when it's not. <laughs> well, a musset has had all knots. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. It depends on uh, uh, on what we went over. It was last box season or maybe even, well, I guess that would be this year, February-ish uh, at Alexandria. I think I remember him texting me about it because I think he He, he said got the same one thing. based on you, and we were there, and he's heating it up, and we did we did all kinds of beers. And um, actually, you know what's That's really funny. That was the day we kegged the She-Wolf. Oh. Uh, back to the first beer we were talking about. That was because we, we pokered poked the it. She-Wolf. <laughs> yeah, and it was not. It might have been one of the better ones because of all the lactose. But, yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever tried one with the The Bach and everything else we did, we tried it long, short. We did all kinds of stuff, and four of us tried it, and it was just like, we like the, the original better. <laughs> There's, there are some beers that when you do it, uh, it's more so a, to me about the, the head of the beer uh-huh. uh, than the actual beer itself. Like You don't want the beer to get too warm. You want the mm-hmm. beer to still be cold. That was one of the issues. But you want to get that head to start building up, and you want to caramelize the head of the beer. So almost pull it out of the beer yeah. itself and just oh, yeah. hit the foam. Yeah, yeah. So oh, you, okay, you, get, okay. you get it in the beer enough that that All head right. starts coming up, then you get it up into the foam, okay, and then okay. the, the foam turns into s'mores. Interesting. Okay. It is okay. so good. But it's, it's, it's an art Because uh, uh, we have a customer here who says her dad, probably her dad, they're they're in their fifties or something. There's a little bit. He was an old. At this point, we're going back in time. Right. But uh, he used to stir his beer with a hot poker. That's interesting. Like I think they'd be outside around the fire or somehow and would get a poker yeah. and he'd stir his beer with it. I do it when I when we go camping now, like almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you get in that evening when it gets cooler outside, yeah. And we're sitting around the fire, I just throw a beer poker in there and, uh, and throughout the night. <laughs> I've tried it with uh, with wine. That, I'll have does, to, that does not work. I would have to. If it's all about that head idea is interesting. I'll, I'll give it a second shot. Uh, you should come yeah. on Monday. We're gonna we're gonna poke some beers, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll poke a beer for you because I'm an expert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's drink this beer. Speaking of beers, <laughs> poking. I wonder beers. what it tastes like. Poked. 
Uh, might be a good one poked. Uh, this is Blumpkin. This is not Blumpkin this year. Yes, yes. This, and I haven't tried this year's yet. It's uh, so Should maybe it's, really maybe it's gotten worse. But um, this has always been one of my favorite beers that you guys do. I love it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's a pumpkin beer, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it leans into these very different directions of, of pumpkin beer that uh, I Squashy. think is very, very unique. The spice is there, but it's not allspice. Huh. Yeah. There is some allspice in there, but it's not only spice flavored. <laughs> Definitely s- yeah. smells squashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pumpkin. Uh, you get the pumpkin flavor in there. You get. I've always felt it just came through again this year. It's, it almost has this slight whiny note to it. Uh, and my yeah. my only assumption is that there we th- that that's the fermenting of the pumpkin. Uh, Man, it's so good in that whole concept. So, I wonder like yeah. if if you just handed this to somebody and didn't tell them what it was, if they could really figure it out. Because pumpkin that's a good pumpkin beer has has turned into this whole other thing now. This I pumpkin would, spice. I agree. And only. the fact that it's dark. I think a and, lot of them even anymore don't even use pumpkin. Very like few a, of them, I think, have actual yeah. pumpkin in them. Um, Which this would be so much easier to make if it had a pumpkin in it, but it wouldn't <laughs> taste at all the same. Uh, so I, I love this beer so much that I drank it. What episode was that? On um, uh, on YouTube. Um, oh, on your... Uh, yeah, let me your, see if I can pull that up real quick. I know you also did Butthead's Hammer on that. Uh, I did, but that was, yeah. a, that was a different type of tasting. So oh, okay. This one I did like a full like a vlog of me like coming down here to Bellevue oh. and then checking out all of the uh, you guys when you tap it you throw this, you don't throw the event the event is just happening. No, well so what we're doing uh this year will be a little bit more expanded but we do uh we do our own we call it uh well I mean we call it Blumpkin Day ourselves. Uh but it's essentially a um, we do tie in with First Friday. So in Bellevue, first Friday of the month, there's always an event going on up and down the avenue. Right. Uh but then and we tend to do a lot of our events to tie in with that. But uh it's like a horror art show. Well, it's it's all the way down the street. Yep. You can you can get like I said Dora, so you can walk around, you can mm-hmm. have beer. Uh, last year you guys had booths set up in different parts of for for beer sales, yeah, you guys had like a tent. We did. We saw that you might not with Blumkin. That's probably you're thinking of our it anniversary. It's in sure? the video. Okay, at least maybe it didn't make the video, but it was definitely Blumkin though. Um, if if we had if we had external sites selling beer like out of jockey boxes, yeah, that's either our anniversary party or the, if it was Blumkin, it was 2020 only. Maybe uh, because in 2020, that's when we started with the anniversary party maybe. because the bed. The bed, the Bellevue Entertainment District. Maybe I didn't make the um, last year. And we, uh, and we did stretch all the way up and down to keep people apart. It was the yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the anniversary since that 2020, we do have a, an isolated tent, like a, that we shut down a partial block. Right. That we do have like a trailer serving on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, typically, Blumkin is just here with okay. a bunch of boot, but there's a bunch of booths set up with artists doing all horror, like. Horror. <laughs> Sorry, horror, scary horror. Horror. My Kentucky comes out sometimes when I say horror. It's horror. I mean horrors yeah. all down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Doing live horror. Um, so, uh, but there will be that multiple booths where you can buy art. Uh, also, them watching them do live art and all, all basically Halloween fun right. based, uh, yeah, it, themed. I think I hesitate to tell you to get onto YouTube and just search Blumpkin mm-hmm. because I don't know what will pop up for oh, you. But, I would love to see what popped uh, up on but, that. But I just don't want to do it on my maybe do search it on, engine. Do it on my channel. Go to uh, the Gnarly Gnome on YouTube. Go to uh, you can go to the Gnarly Gnome dot com slash YouTube. It'll take you right there. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you can probably search within that. You know what I would it? do just if go you're going to just random his, search do Blumpkin. Beer. Oh, no, do, or Blumpkin Blum, Darkness. Gnome Blumpkin. 
that Ooh. do you think that there's more than one thing that'll pop up? I hope so. I really I, hope to, so. We need to do a little search right now, just out of curiosity. Oh man, this could get this could get bad. That's funny. Gnome Blumpkin. Oh, I am not the first thing that pops up. Uh, hmm. Ber- Bernie Bumpkins, whoever that is. So they thought you misspelt it. <laughs> I don't even pop up at all. Uh, let's try. I mean, it is YouTube, man. Let's try Gnarly Gnome Blumpkin. Hmm. All right, I don't know an easy way to find it, guys. I'll uh, I'll link it in the show notes. There you go. <laughs> but just go to my channel. You can find it that way somehow. Um. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. But I but I did a whole video about it where you get to see kind of all of the artwork happening and mm-hmm. um, obviously the beer. Now keep in mind it was probably one of like the first first couple videos that I really did. So it's not that great. (laughs) I could have done better, especially now I need to come back down here and make another Blumpkin video. Um, uh, But it's, like I said, I love the beer. It's a perfect fall beer. It's one of those beers that even after kind of uh, uh, Halloween goes away and you're like, "Ah, I just don't really care about pumpkins anymore mm-hmm. this beer still is just so good it's perfect at thanksgiving mm-hmm. it's perfect except um, short of a few bottles we do it just ne- never makes it to yeah, halloween but, so, but, but there are <laughs> yeah. bottles so you yeah. can come in and you can get a bottle uh, yeah we're assuming <laughs> assuming it doesn't blow up on us uh we were sp- we had the machine kind of go down so we're supposed to get them bottled tomorrow okay. uh, they're so just in, limited though i think we're theory. just doing we're just doing four cases so okay. So uh, we do individual bottles, so that would be... So, again, if you're listening to this, yeah. when it drops on Monday, you might be out of luck. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it'd be worth coming down and checking yeah. it out. It's always we, worth coming We down. don't do a whole lot of advertising and pushing for it so that we don't we, so that we don't just run out one day you could, on the bottles and stuff. You so. could fill a growler or a howler. No. That no. would be one that we won't. Be, All right, so just if people want it for Thanksgiving, they're just there's no way for them to do this. Well, they, they, well again, we'll have some bottles available. So come down here it, soon. Because we make it such a small batch. Uh um, right. in, in the in the effort of just not getting stuck with it after Halloween. Even though I yes, I think it would sell just fine after Halloween. I just think it's such a good beer. I think but, it would, but typically speaking, pumpkin beer just does not sell after Halloween. Right. So it's not a pumpkin beer, it's a pumpkin beer. You're right. It's a black pumpkin it's beer. It's a black pumpkin beer. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, it, going back to, to the names and to just the, mm-hmm. the humor of everything that you guys do, I just think it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect, uh, uh, kind of combining of everything in the personality of darkness into one beer. It, mm-hmm. it just, it hits it cool for me. Well, awesome. I, I love it. I hope everybody has tried this beer. If not, I guess come down here and try yep, it. Come on down and give it a shot. Um, what do you think people don't know about darkness that you want them to know, or is there anything? Hmm. I mean, nothing necessarily. I, I think that we, what I hear, I hear a lot from new people. Uh, oh, it's not just dark beer. So maybe that, I mean, I feel like we've always been pretty clear about, you know, not, we, we I don't think we've ever stood up and said we only make dark beer. No, I know that it's implied. I get it with the name and everything else, but, um, that we do, we do try to keep a pretty blended menu. 
Right. Uh, come summertime, we're going to have a lot more lighter things on. Come wintertime, we're probably going to have a little more heavier, darker things on. Uh, I can't tell you how many but, how many other like articles or blogs and stuff that I've seen written about you guys where they completely miss that idea. Hmm. And they do say that these guys, you know, darkness, they uh, specialize, about, in stouts uh, specialize in stouts and dark beers and brown beer, brown <laughs> ale. And yeah, and maybe we do. Uh, I mean, we are, we do our, we all, gosh, can't say always, but always, right? Like 99.9, we always have at least a black beer on, uh, whether it's our milk stout or sometimes we've, like recently this summer, we had our milk stout on and then we also had a black IPA, uh, uh, as well as the Hefeweizen and right. other things like that. Uh, we're getting ready to do our Dunkelweizen here soon, uh, which sort of bleeds off of our late summer Hefeweizen and turns it into something. Again, it's not black, but it's dark. Right. Uh, so it's still try to be focusing on color there is a little if like if i have the choice i try to keep more dark on than not but right. at the same time um it's like making beer right. and you know if you just limit yourself like the part of the dark thing was to not limit ourselves why we've done black white ales and black and black and white ipas and uh all kinds of uh, forgetting some of the other stuff we've done we've made everything black at some point practically right uh, and but just in that same fashion of making a, a white ale black, right? Like doing other beers is also fun. You know, what makes stout. A, exactly. I was just what I was about to say, like making a, a stout golden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's that's, just, that's more, not, that's not, more what we're about here. Not really just dark is, beer, but you yeah. can probably always get a dark beer here. Yep. Oh yeah. You, you should be able to, I mean, can't um, be said for everybody. Exactly. Right? And that was always a, that's one of the niche things that we looked at is especially being in this business for a long time, come, Wintertime, everyone has all these great stouts and everything. And then if you want to have one stout handle on 10 taps at a bar, you have four choices of stouts in the summer. Right. You know, like, and then come winter, you're like, oh, everyone's got all this great stouts, all these great beers, but that's when everybody's slow. Right. And then I don't have time to sell all of that. So right. um, that was sort of the thought process going into it. Re reality does set in at some point, and we know that we can't have nine stouts on draft all the time and stay open. So we here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's probably a bigger topic than we have time to get into. But uh, this idea of <laughs> yeah. that you, you can't put nine stouts on at a place and still stay open. Like I all think, the time. I think we're getting close. Uh, me, but, like uh, that specialized idea. Like, you know, Urban Artifact heard that a lot of you can't make all sour beer and actually have a, yeah. a business around well, it. And, and they don't. They do plenty of stuff that's not actually sour. Well, they're all yeah. they're all technically sour. Mm. Some of them are more sour than others, but maybe they all fall into yeah. that sour category. Yeah. And then they sell PBR on the side. At least they used to. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't yeah. know if they do that anymore. Do they? Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I have nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, I think it's. I mean, you're gonna. If you think that you, I mean. But I think. Yeah. I think we're approaching that point where, especially in a city like Cincinnati, as things keep growing and as you get more and more breweries. The ability for somebody to be super, super specialized in something like that becomes easier. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, if, if we had high wire across the street, for example. <laughs> that's right. Then you could then you could have yeah, all. But that would, be a, that would be a good that's example. A, that is a great example yeah. of, a, of a way that you could do it. Yeah. Um, I I always joke about uh, about not even joke. I talk about sake a lot. I love <laughs> I love sake. I think it's delicious, and I'm just desperate for somebody to make sake in a city like Cincinnati. Have you not? Have you had the void out of Lexington? I haven't been down there yet, but um, mm -hmm. I've, I've heard about them. Mm -hmm. But I think that for a lot of for a lot of uh, sake breweries in the United States, like they have to be in these cities that 
have this other stuff happening around them to enable them to exist. If that if that makes mm-hmm. any it does. sense at unless all. Unless they're unless they're 100% solely distribution based. Yeah. Uh, to have any and in, in the void in, in Lexington is uh, I didn't get to go in when I was down there, uh, but from the outside of where it is, it, it can't be. They're, they're it, selling a lot of bottles to places. It, it can't be anything yeah. but tiny yeah. in there. Um, to put some kind of brewery in a tap room, it might, for all I know, it might even just be a counter. Right. Um, but yes, they are selling them like to other breweries and other bars, liquor stores, etc. Right. Um, I have not actually looked for it up here. I Sorry, see, guys. I, I have I have um, looked, but on that side of the river, I would check party uh, source. If anyone's would be, if anyone's going to have a party source, would. Um, but I I don't know if they're distributing up here yet because yeah. they are small. So, but I, th- I think of that in the same way as like a, a very specialized mm-hmm. place, like only mm-hmm. dark beers or uh, even only sour beers mm-hmm. or only this or only that. Like I I think that as this just keeps growing, we open up these doors for places like that to to exist, which yeah. I think would be really fun to see places mm-hmm. like that popping up. But like um, you go out to Portland. And there's barrel houses, yeah. A Cascade, for example, that did only barrel aged, spontaneously fermented, or you know, yeah. mi- at least mixed culture type fermentations. Yeah, or, uh, very lambic esque, yeah, with yeah. an American twist. Denver with with Beerstadt Lager House, kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these these specialized places that just lean really heavy into one, one particular one thing. concept yeah. of beer. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be fun. We'll see. Yeah. Cincinnati keeps growing. It keeps evolving. We're, we're, we are definitely growing. I know that sometimes places close and it hurts and I get it. And Yeah, uh, but I would say for everyone that closes, there's probably three openings. It's, it is still it is still growing mm-hmm. and we are still getting new places that are that are real places. It's not just new high wires or, or yeah, whatever, not, you know, not, not new lo- containers opening up places. Um, Although, Wessex, if you want to jump on the show, we'll, we'll go to the container. We'll record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should go down to the farm in Lexington. Uh, it's much would, nicer. Oh my god, I would love to go to the farm. Um, but Cincinnati beer is good. It's it's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody nobody cry for craft beer. It is uh-huh. alive and well. And I'd say right now to that point on specialization is I think we're in a point. We would be in a great example. Alexandria would be a great example. Uh, Covington, I'm sorry, Covington Braxton would be a good example of where um, and, and even Beerkus. I mean, I'm speaking of the Northern Kentucky guys, right? Like uh, we do we share we share customers with all of each other. Sure. But majority of us, like our customers are ours, their customers are theirs. Cause we're, we're servicing those areas, those neighborhoods. Right. Uh, and so in there, we do need some diversity in our beer selection where as things get tighter and tighter, closer together, oh, that's, that's where, that's where specialization. That's can interesting. Really come so in. yeah. there's something about that, about Asheville too, of mm-hmm. less, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of locals that are running yep. around drinking a bunch of beer, but, but as they, so, as those beers become right across so the street from each other, there's tourist a based yeah. that specialization almost becomes more, Oh man, we're, we're head down. Well, and like you think about the Funkatorium, right? The, um, wicked uh, weed, wicked weeds, right? I mean, there's a brewery literally right across the street. And then we went, like it was, uh, it was. We kind of laughed because we we drove from this from burial to there, right? And it was like, uh, it was like a block and a half that yeah. way. <laughs> like we went around this way in a car. So like everything is so close to yeah. each other uh, that I think you can. That's where some of the specialization I think comes into play. Yeah, I didn't even think about possibly that, that whole side of it. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Cincinnati is still, uh, still. We got plenty still, of room. Still learning. Still growing. Still, still growing. <laughs> we'll we'll get to we'll get to the level of. Uh, um, some of those other 80, cities where, where people, breweries. Uh, depending on how you count it, so we, we, yeah, if you count like tap rooms and production facilities and things like that, we're already kind of there. So okay. we're, we're close. Um, and of course you got to count where's the metro area. That's right. Yeah. 
Sensor Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensor Craft. 